uh, but certainly there are things to learn and it will be a blessing to you. That will be Sunday night through Wednesday night. Uh, we'll be having those classes. There's flyers in the back on the table back there uh, if you're interested in that. But I want to encourage everybody to be pl- planning for that and preparing for that June 6th to 9th. Psalm 55, beginning in verse 1. Psalm 55 and verse 1, it says, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint, and I moan because of the noise of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. For they drop trouble upon me, and in anger they bear a grudge against me. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And I say... Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find a shelter from the raging wind and tempest. Do you ever feel that way? I wish I just had wings and I could fly away from it all. Wish I could find somewhere where I could be away from everything that is tormenting and troubling me. Maybe it's people you can see in the psalm that there are people who are troubling the psalmist. Maybe it's ourselves, and we're just tired of ourselves and our own frustrations with our disappointments, with the things that we have not done or the ways in which we have failed. Maybe it's our circumstances, and we just wish that we could get away from the situation that we're in. But sometimes things are just too much for us, and we feel overwhelmed. Our theme for the year is we're studying the psalms, and we're describing how we can let our soul sing. And the key thought for our year is that each psalm represents some thought or some emotion or some situation or some need that is so powerful to the psalmist that they cannot keep it in and they have to write about it and they have to sing about it. And as we study these psalms, what we see is that those same thoughts and situations and needs are the situations and needs and thoughts that we have. And so we learn from the Psalms, how to let our soul sing to God. And so what we're going to do this morning is talk about how when we feel what the psalmist feels in a psalm like Psalm 55, when we feel overwhelmed, we need to learn to let our soul sing to God. We need to learn how to take those emotions to God and let Him deal with us and help us. Now to begin with, the Psalms that we're going to study this morning teach us that it's okay that sometimes we feel overwhelmed, that sometimes we want to fly away, sometimes we are restless and moaning. And that's important because we like to act as if we never feel that way. We like to act as if we always have everything under control, and if you ask us how we're doing, we will always say, fine. Fine. I'm always fine. Everything is fine. Even if we know we're not fine, And even if other people might know, we are not fine themselves. So our instinct in situations where we feel overwhelmed is to keep up a facade, to fake it. Maybe our instinct is to tell ourselves, you know, just buck up, just deal with it, just get over it. I think that's more of a masculine thing. You can hear the masculine in my voice there. And we say, you know what, I shouldn't feel this way, so I'm going to make myself not. And sometimes... We just ignore how we're feeling altogether. And we pretend as if everything is fine and don't acknowledge our own feelings. These psalms teach us the discipline of feeling that emotion and singing it to God. And I especially want to stress that here at the beginning. Because this emotion of feeling overwhelmed 
is part of our fuel for worship. Sometimes people will ask me, some of you have asked me, why is it that sometimes our worship, not just our worship at Fairview, but our worship individually, why is it that our worship sometimes doesn't have a passion? There's no heart in it. How do we get the emotion back in our worship? And part of the answer to that is, when we feel emotions, we need to take them to God. Part of that is we need to let those emotions fuel our worship. And if we deny them and we act like we're fine all the time, then we lose that edge in our worship. And sometimes we might sing songs and wonder, well, why don't I care about what I'm singing? Because I'm not actually singing what I'm feeling. So express it to God and let him know. What I want to do for our time this morning is I want to talk about how singing our overwhelmedness, which is definitely not a word, singing our overwhelmedness will help us. And I want to talk about three ways that it helps us by things that it gives us. First of all, singing that overwhelmness gives us strength. The problem in Psalm 55 is that David has been forsaken by a close friend. Look down in verse 12 of Psalm 55. He says, For it is not an enemy who taunts me. Then I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals insolently with me. Then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together. Within God's house, we walked in the throng. Let death steal over them. Let them go down to Sheol alive, for evil is in their dwelling place and in their heart. Do you hear in that last verse, by the way, the anger and the frustration? Here David says, someone has forsaken me and abandoned me and stabbed me in the back. And I could handle it if it was one of my enemies. David knew what it was to have enemies. He had lots of enemies. But this was a friend. It seems to me likely that the person he is talking about is Ahithophel. Ahithophel was a close counselor of David. And in the the coup of his son, where Absalom takes over the country, Absalom convinces Ahithophel to go over to his side and to be a traitor to David. Can you imagine what it would feel like in this moment to be David? So here you are. You've been king for some time, but now your family is torn to pieces. Your son, who, by the way, murdered one of your other sons because one of your other sons raped one of your daughters. And now this son hates you and has taken over your kingdom. You have been run out of the palace, the kingdom that God gave you, and now your best counselor has joined the other team. I mean, don't you think you would be like David and say something like, boy, I wish I could just fly away from all of this. What a mess. How could God be at work in this? Where is God in this when all of these evil people have it out for me? So in verse 6, Psalm 55 and verse 6, he says, Oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find a shelter from the raging wind and tempest. I just wish I could fly away. Everything has fallen to pieces. And we relate to that emotion. But the problem is that we can't always run away. The problem is there are problems and people in our lives that we have to face. And what we need in those moments is not to get away. What we need is the strength to face the things we have to face. The problems, the people, the circumstances, the things that require our attention, these are things we must approach again. And so when we sing to God, we are singing, I need some help dealing with all of this. Everybody's against me. I need strength. Go with me to Psalm 31. Psalm 31, back a few pages. This is also a psalm of David, and it is also a psalm in which David cries out to God, seeking strength. Psalm 31 and verse 1. 
Psalm 31.1, in you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me, incline your ear to me, rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. And for your name's sake, you lead me and guide me. You take me out of the net they have hidden for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. So here David seeks God as a refuge, a place he can go to be safe. But I want you to notice the progression. In verse 2 he says, be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. But then, so, so that has the idea of running away to a safe place, like David did running from Saul. But then verse 3, for you are my rock and my fortress, and for your name's sake you lead me and guide me. Those are different pictures. David is not just running away. He is seeking God's strength and God's guidance to figure out how to handle his problems. I need your help. And so I seek you because you can help me and protect me, but also because you can lead me in the right way to face the stuff I have to face. When we feel overwhelmed, what's happening is that we are becoming acutely aware of our limitations and weaknesses. We realize in these moments that we're not smart enough to handle the problem, that we're not rich enough to pay to make it go away, that we're not good enough with people to convince them all out of the position of opposition that they are into us. We realize when we're overwhelmed, I'm in over my head. I need some help. So what do we do with a feeling like that? The Psalms are teaching us. We seek the strength of the one who can do anything and has said, I'm there to help you. He becomes our rock. And so we come and we talk to God. And we say things like, I don't know what to do, but you can do everything. I don't know where to go, but you know everything. I can't fix this, but you fix everything. And I need you to give me the strength to handle the problems I have. This is Isaiah 40. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and not be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is a promise that God will strengthen those who are in need of him and who come to him and who wait for the Lord. It's a beautiful passage because we we love the idea of mounting up with wings like eagles. I wonder if we're trying to fly away when we do that. But the point is there is strength here from God. Not merely to run away, but to face the things we have to face head on. To run and not be weary and to not be limited by the things that limit normal human interactions. Second, singing our overwhelmness gives us perspective. Look again in Psalm 31 here. I want to drop down to verse 9. Psalm 31 and verse 9. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. Because of all my adversaries, I have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors and an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I have become forgotten like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel. For I hear the whispering of many, terror on every side as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. David, by the way, here is singing his overwhelmed feelings. And what he says is, my life is spent with sorrow. That's verse 10. Now, that's not necessarily true. 
But that's how it feels to David. When you're overwhelmed, that's how it feels, right? See, what happens when we get overwhelmed is we start remembering all the bad things that have ever happened to us and all the other times where things have not been ideal, and we completely block out all the good things that have ever happened. So think about if you're David. This is not the first time David has had a hard time. And he looks back and he thinks, well, what about that time God called me to be king? Oh, yeah, and then Saul tried to trick me with the the one daughter he'd offered to me, and then, then I had to run away in the middle of the night, and then he came and chased me down, and then I was nice to him, and so he said he'd go away, and then he came right back. All the times, David could say, man, my, my whole life has been like this. How many times am I going to have to go through this? This is not David's first rodeo. But what David does here is he thinks back to all the other bad times and blocks out and forgets all the other good times. He loses perspective. But something happens in this psalm. I wonder if it's that, you know, sometimes when you vent a little bit and you get it all out, then there's kind of a breath. And then there's a different thought that enters in. And you can see it in the psalm. You can see it happens right after what we just read. Look in verse 14. Psalm 31 and 14. He says, But I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and my persecutors. Make your face shine on your servants. Save me in your steadfast love. See, this is a new thought. This is different. He says, I trust in you. And the but there at the beginning of verse 14, that's that's a big word. I see the way things are headed, but I'm leaving my life in your hands. Verse 15, my times are in your hand. This is all in your control. This is not over because God hasn't been accounted for yet. So I look at what my enemies are doing and what I'm doing, but, but there's God. What about God? See, when we sing our overwhelmness, we don't just vent. We begin to consider what lies beyond our feelings. What else is there? And so talking to God gives us perspective. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I serve God. What, what about God in this situation? What might God do? And so David says, I'm going to trust. I know my times are in your hands. Turn over to Psalm 42. Psalm 42 is the psalm that Brother Don read for us this morning. This is also a psalm of an overwhelmed man. Psalm 142, I'm not 142, Psalm 42, verse 1. Psalm 42, verse 1. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with a throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. So here the psalmist, he says, is hungry and thirsty for God. Instead of food, he says, I've eaten my own tears. I've been taunted for my love for God. And he says, all I can think about, this is verse 4, all I can think about is how I used to worship with tons of people who love God like me, but now they're nowhere to be found. So he is saying, this is too much. Then verse 5, he stops and corrects himself. Verse 5, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Why am I so sad? He says, I choose to hope in God. And then there is that, I shall again praise him. 
that says, you know what, I feel this way right now, but this is not the end. More is to come, and I will. I am confident. I have hope that this is not the end for me because God is still in play. In other words, he gets out of his feelings and begins to have perspective. says, wait a minute. If God's in control, this is not the end. By the way, he does the same cycle again in the next few verses, and he gets down to verse 11 and again says, Why are you cast down my soul? Hope in God. I shall again praise him. And then Psalm 43, he goes through the same process. Look in Psalm 43, verse 1. It says, Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man deliver me, for you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with the lyre, my God. Oh God, my God, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Again, he describes his feelings. Again, he asks God for help. And again, he looks forward and foresees a time when he will again go to the temple and praise God. So he goes through this habit. Express your overwhelmness. Gain perspective. Be confident. Hope in God. Express it again. I just see it as, you know, okay, this needs another round. I'm still feeling this way. And he lets it out again. And then he says, why am I so upset? I trust in God. When we feel overwhelmed, perspective is what we miss. Our feelings can become so deep that we get swallowed under by them. We bury ourselves in them. We can't see around them. All we can see is what we are feeling. This sadness, this discouragement, this moment. It feels like forever. And we begin to despair. Or sometimes we begin to get so angry that it's all we can think about. So what the psalmists are teaching us here is an essential skill. It is a life skill for disciples of Jesus. The skill is we need to learn the habit of expressing our thoughts to God and asking for his help. Regularly, whatever the thoughts are, whatever the help might be, to learn the habit of saying, God, this is how I'm feeling. And maybe in that discipline, we stop and we say, but I trust in you. But I hope in God. Maybe we even talk to ourselves. Did you notice that the psalmist talks to himself? Why are you cast down, oh, my soul? He is saying, hey, perk up, buddy. It's going to be okay. And he's talking to himself. But as we express, as we consider, as we talk sense into ourselves, as we hear the wisdom of God, we are changed. As we let that sing, we gain perspective. The perspective is there's still a God at work in the world. We feel emotions from time to time. And that's going to come in waves. And sometimes we're going to be down and sometimes we're going to be up. But God is always there. We also learn that we're not the first people to feel this way and that we're not the first servants of God to feel this way and that things are not as bad as they seem in the moment and that God is still able to do whatever he desires. We get perspective when we learn to sing about our emotions like this to God. And the third thing I want to show you is that singing our overwhelmness gives us confidence. There is also a faith element in this that as we think through it and we talk to God about it, we know what God can do And now we know we need God in a real way in this moment. God hears his people. God cares about me. God will act. I want you to 
Get your finger licked. We're going to go to four different psalms right now, real quickly, rapid fire. First is Psalm 6. Psalm 6. I guess for those who are on a tablet or something, licking your finger won't help you too much. But for the rest of us who are using actual paper Bibles, that might help. Psalm 6. All of these are overwhelmed psalms, and all of these end in this confident expectation. Psalm 6 and verse 8. It says, Depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. This is a marked turn in this psalm because he's been complaining and moaning about his emotions. And then he says, Hey, get out of here, all you workers of evil. God has heard me. He is confident. Turn to Psalm 31. Psalm 31. This is Psalm 31, verse 21. Psalm 31, 21. Blessed be the Lord, for he has wondrously shown his steadfast love to me when I was in a besieged city. I had said in my alarm, I am cut off from your sight, but you heard the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cried to you for help. Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Notice that confidence. I thought I was cut off, but then you heard. And then he says in verse 24, Hey, everybody who's waiting on Jehovah, be strong, be confident. Let your heart take courage. This is what will work for you. Let's go to Psalm 55. Psalm 55. Psalm 55 and verse 22. I'm sorry, I want verse, yeah, verse 22. Psalm 55, 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. This is important in this psalm. It changes from his personal thing to now he's telling others, hey, you need to cast your burden on the Lord the way I did because you need to know that he will never permit the righteous to be moved. There is confidence in God's willingness to help his people. And the last one is Psalm 102. Psalm 102. This, in many ways, is the most impressive of all of these. The confidence that this man has as he writes. Psalm 102, verse 18. As he has expressed his overwhelmness and the difficulty of his situation. Psalm 102, 18. Let this be recorded for a generation to come, so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. That he looked down from his holy height. From heaven the Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners. To set free those who were doomed to die that they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord and in Jerusalem his praise when peoples gather together and kingdoms to worship the Lord. I love this because this psalmist, he is confident that God will hear him so much that he stops his psalm and says, hey, write this down. Write down how desperate things are for me right now so that a future generation will know how bad it got before God saved me. He is so sure That God will save, that He is ready for future generations to know about His desperate situation in this moment because God's going to save Him. It's going to be awesome. People are going to talk about it forever. The confidence is what I want to call your attention to. Confidence springs from faith in God. Sometimes we need to express our overwhelmness to God so that we can remember who is really in charge and who can do something about the problems we face. And this, this is the faith step. This is where we say, you know, I know I'm feeling this. I know I need your strength. I need your perspective. But 
I'm just sure that you're going to do something to help me. I just know. I serve God. He can handle this. He always does. God always takes care of me. God always takes care of his people. He always works it out. This is just the blip before the awesome work of God. And what is my emotion in this moment compared to what God can do? There is confidence here. I want to take these last couple of minutes to show you two examples of people who sang in this way to God or who in one way or another expressed their overwhelmness to God and how God blessed them. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians 1. I want to show you this in the life of Paul. And I want to show you how Paul took his experience of overwhelmness and gained strength and perspective and confidence. 2 Corinthians 1, beginning in verse 8. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 8, it says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. So Paul talks about his affliction in Asia. It's not clear what he's referring to, but it was bad. He had been overwhelmed. In fact, he says that we were, verse 8, we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. I don't know if you have ever felt that emotion. I don't know if I have ever felt that emotion. But it is a high degree of being overwhelmed. I thought I was going to die, and I thought that the sentence of death was, had been pronounced over me. But he sees a goal in it. He says that in verse 9. That was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So in this verse, Paul talks about how he gained strength in this experience. He says in verse 8, we were burdened beyond strength. He gains perspective because he says in verse 9 that God can raise the dead. He gains confidence because he says in verse 10, he will deliver us. He will deliver us again. Do you hear it? Paul is living by the skin of his teeth. And he is going from desperate situation to desperate situation. He is the one who is stoned and has whip marks on his back. And he's the one who's left for dead and shipwrecked all over the place. And he says, I know he has delivered us and he will deliver us and he will deliver us again. How did Paul get there? Paul doesn't just get overwhelmed in his own emotions. He takes those emotions to God. And now he even uses those emotions as a lesson for the Corinthians. So they can learn how to deal with their own overwhelmness and see the glory of God and learn to trust God in a deeper way. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 30. I want to show you this other example. 1 Samuel 30. I know we're jumping around a bit, but I hope you see these situations are similar. 1 Samuel 30 tells a story of a time when David had been on the run from Saul for many years. Somewhere along the way, uh, David got the idea that he would ingratiate himself to, the, himself to the Philistines. And I believe, this is just my interpretation of everything that happens here, I believe his goal was 
to get into a war on the Philistine side and then turn against the Philistines and be hailed as a hero after Israel defeated the Philistines. But the problem is, before he can get into the war on the Philistine side, they all send him home. And so David, disappointed, frustrated, goes back home. And when he gets home, he discovers that raiders have come and taken away him and his men, all their families and all their possessions. So it is a low moment. In 1 Samuel 30 and verse 6, it says, David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. An amazing thing happens in this verse. It says David is overwhelmed, greatly distressed, burdened beyond strength, and yet he strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He took his emotions to God. One of the impressive things about all these psalms that we've studied, whether they're Psalm 6, 42 and 43, 55, 102, all these different psalms, is that in each of these psalms, there doesn't seem to be any indication that there's anybody supportive with the psalmist. There are no friends in any of the psalms. No one to turn to. It's not we can all sit around and say, hey, let's go get some coffee and let me just kind of let you have some of this. Instead, it's just David. It's just the psalmist. They're alone. And yet, in those moments, they can still talk to God. They can still sing to God. They can still reach out. And that's what David does here. David is utterly alone. There is no one who is on his side. Jonathan's not around. Family is gone. Supportive men are instead talking about stoning him. And David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Do you know what happens after this? Well, after this moment, this pivotal moment, when David is overwhelmed, well, he just goes and tracks down the raiders, gets all their people back, all their stuff back. Meanwhile, in the battle, Saul and Jonathan are both killed, and David basically becomes king right after this. But, but if in this moment, David had given up, David would say, you know what, I'm just done. It's too much. Fly away. None of what happens in the future could have happened. All David needed he did not need to get away. He did not need a ton of people sitting around saying, David, it's okay, it's okay, you'll be fine. What David needed was to strengthen himself in Jehovah his God. And so he gains strength and perspective and confidence and suddenly he's ready, he is ready to tackle the things he must do. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, what we need is not for God to come in and solve everything. What we need is not for a whole host of people who can help us in every way. All we need is to take our problems to God and get the strength to face the day. And then we face the day. And God helps us and we get through it. And then we face the next day and the next day. And with the strength and help of God, things change. Circumstances change. We gain perspective. We say, wow, that was a low moment back there. Sure, I'm glad I didn't give up. All we need is the strength of God. So, like David, we need to learn to take those problems to God and ask Him and seek the strength He gives. Would you pray with me about that? Our God and Father, we thank You so much that You have blessed us so richly, that You care so much about us. Father, sometimes we get swept up in emotions that are too much for us. 
Sometimes, Father, we are overwhelmed by our responsibilities. You give us good things, and yet sometimes you give us responsibilities. We have children to take care of. We have jobs that demand our attention and our energy. We have circumstances in our families and in our relationships. We have concerns and anxieties about our country. We have people that make demands on us. We have bills to pay. These things, Father, sometimes they, they overwhelm us. Sometimes we get tired. We see the, the limit of our strength, the limit of our wisdom. And in those moments, Father, I pray that you'll help us to see our deep need for you. Father, we are taught by these psalms that you care about us and that you want to hear our emotions. And we thank you for that. We thank you that you care enough that you'll listen to us whine, that you'll let us work through the emotions that we feel and the anxieties that we have, that you want us to cast our cares on you because you care about us. And Father, I pray that you'll help each one of us to be willing to sing and to pray and to think through and to give these emotions to you. I pray that you'll help us to seek your solutions, to seek your wisdom and perspective, to seek your strength. And Father, I pray that you'll empower us to do your will on earth as it's done in heaven. I pray that you'll give us the strength for each day so that we can face the tasks and the responsibilities you put into our lives and that we can live in those situations in a way that honors and glorifies you. I pray that you'll help us to be a people who reflexively turn to you in times of need. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Might be someone here this morning who needs to respond to the invitation of the Lord Jesus. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And if there is someone here who is seeking that rest, that forgiveness, the beginning of that relationship with Jesus, and we can help you to do that. This is a great time for you to make that known to us, have us to help you to be baptized into Christ and begin that walk with him today. If there is any need that you have, we invite you to come to the front as we